0: As a high achieving woman, questioning your self confidence is a constant battle. Reaching for your dreams usually includes stepping outside of your comfort zone, which can bring those negative voices you've worked so hard to quiet just flooding right back in. Sometimes, taking a step back moment and giving yourself the grace to fail may be just the thing that brings you a step forward. I'm Dr. Jessica Metcalf, and this is Speak Kindly, you're listening. Don't forget to check out the book with the same name that inspired it all out on Amazon and is now a bestseller. With me today is Linda Beggs. She's the co-founder and co-CEO of Joni, a 21st century period care brand that is changing the face in the conversation about menstruating. She was recently recognized as the top 25 women of influence in Canada and is the mother of two daughters. On today's episode, Linda and I talk about how building a support system is a strong foundation to starting a business, how to defeat fear of failure by giving yourself the grace to fail, and how to get back up when you fail. Here we go. Linda, I am so excited to have you here today to talk about not just our inner gremlin, but the impact that you're having for women's health and making those changes. So starting right off the bat, tell me a little bit about your own inner gremlin and how it can come up for you from time to time.
1: Ooh. I think that, I mean, early on, I can remember as a young girl, always this voice in my head, there was like the two voices. So typical. It was like, push yourself, you know, do big things. You don't want to regret not living life to the fullest. But then on the other hand, there was this voice was like, who do you think you are? Mm. And you're not ready yet. And everyone has this fear. I don't think it's unique to me, but I remember very distinctly at a young age having this. And I think certain things helped me build confidence early on. So I was a competitive swimmer. And so there's a lot of like a mental... I guess, like exercise to like pipe yourself up. And I think that really set a foundation for me to really like lean on believing in myself. And so in my career and specifically because I went into tech, which very male dominated field, Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about technology. I did it because it was an opportunity and it was what like I felt was a really good career path for me. And those same voices came up. And I think as I you know reflect now in my almost mid 40s, not quite there yet, but getting there, I realized that those voices really never go away. They will never go away, but we can work through them and with them. And so they've just become less loud. Mm-hmm. And there's proof in what I've done that I can lean back on and say, no matter what, I'm always going to be able to dust myself off, get up, and continue and keep going. And they'll be learning in that. That has been, for me, the biggest, like, worst-case scenario, Linda. You're going to fall. You're going to get some bruises, but you're going to dust yourself up and you're going to keep going. But I just don't want to regret not doing big things.
0: Mm. Would you say that there... Is a difference from that inner voice in your swimming era to where it is now? Like, has it become kinder? Did it become meaner for a period of time? What did that look like?
1: I feel like it's like all over the place, but you're right. Like, I think that it has become kinder. I have purposely tried to give myself more grace. Mm. I think for a long time it was really harsh it's really hard to recognize that sometimes that you're actually, cause it's just going on consistently in your head. And then less than like purposely listening and taking a minute and be like, okay, pause. Like, let's really listen to what's happening in my head and then let's reframe that. So that has been a huge help for me. And it's a lifelong journey because I think that while it's maybe getting kinder, there's more grace, it's less loud it always can go back to that, especially after, you know, COVID and we've all been like locked down for two years and like the social anxiety stuff is coming up and now you go do a presentation and, you know, you ruminating on like, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Goes, Who do you think you are? It's so stupid. Like, why? why don't you? And those voices keep popping up. But again, it's like, Linda, Grace, like you're learning. We can move forward from this. So it's different. Yes, I think it's different, just based like on the experience, on how much I'm leaning into. This is who I am, and being okay with that, and love, and like as cliche as it is, because it it kind of gives me the factor to say, but love yourself, right? Like you do have to get to that point where you can look in the mirror and really be proud of what you see and who you are, and that's so important every day. Mm.
0: It's so fascinating how we call it the ick factor, because I think that for, <laughs> I mean, because I did that too for a very long time. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, who are these people who look at themselves like that? And, and, and I don't know why. And it may be because this is something that I process on a regular basis where looking at myself as a woman and as a high achiever and wanting to live with no regrets and push myself to the nth degree, to make changes in this world and stuff. And so along that process and every single moment in time and all those experiences, why did it become an ick factor? Like, what is it that we kind of push away from the fact that when we look at ourselves, oh, we it's the cliche self-love and stuff. And I think that part of that when I process, it's the way that it's been portrayed in social media and how we see that. So tell me, when you look at yourself in the mirror and there's that self-love component and that inner cheerleader, inner wise one, whoever steps in that moment in the day, what is it saying to you during that time?
1: It's reminding me that if I want to do big things, it's going to get uncomfortable. And that when I feel discomfort, that I'm probably doing the right things. (laughs) And so... Really reminding myself that when you're pushing those boundaries, that that's okay. And that's part of the process. And again, it's the grace of there's going to be learnings in that. There's going to be wins and celebrating both. Because I think that's the other thing is that for a long time, I feared failure because failure was in my mind, a reflection of my lack of ability
0: Mm.
1: and realizing now how That is obviously, it's not the case. It's a data point. It's a learning and kind of separating myself from it. So instead of it being a reflection of my worth, it's now a reflection of the things that I'm trying and the ability for me to learn and how I'm moving forward. And that has been a lifelong lesson and will continue to be. I really like the way that you describe the self-love because I think at times when
0: we get that ick factor is we're looking or we see it where it's just like, oh, look in the mirror and like tell yourself you're beautiful and stuff like that. But what you just described was that data point when you failed, but it's a data point. It's not affecting your worth as a human being, as a woman. And that gives us more information instead of tearing ourselves down right? So the more information that we have, the ability to reflect instead of ruminating, then that gives us the opportunity to step into loving ourselves and changing how we choose to speak to ourselves. Now, you've stepped into the world. So a little bit out of tech, but building a brand and a company that I love so much. So Joni, so tell me a little bit about the why
1: behind Joni. So, Joni is a period care brand. And one of the big reasons why we launched Joni was because, one, the statistic that one in three Canadians under the age of 25 cannot afford period care. So, there's systemic issues happening here that we can't, you know, over 30% of the population menstruates, yet many of them can't afford the products. So, that's an issue. But also, as a natural consumer myself, who had menstruated over 300 times in my life to date at that time, realizing that I resonated more with a shoe brand than I did with any period care product or brand that I used. And I was like, why is that? Why is this a commodity when we're literally using it potentially every month or sometimes, you know, many people use liners every day and there's so much opportunity to have a connection, to build a community, to have an impact. And so I wanted to build a brand that represented what I thought was missing in the market which was from a product efficacy standpoint, a product that was both good for my body. So it had, you know, organic products, but it wasn't the stereotypical granola, you know, running through a field of flowers brand. (laughs) And then then it wasn't the conventional, you know, petroleum-based product that we, many people like lean to because they know it works, but yet it's made with plastic and it's not so great for the environment. And so there was always this either or, and I was like, why can't there be an option that has both the functionality of a conventional product, but the ingredients of an organic product that then really represented this gap in the market, which was like almost being unapologetic about menstruation and, you know, talking about the things that we had to keep quiet, like period poops as a perfect example was one of our most popular blog posts, popular posts. People are like, relate to that, but nobody talks about it. And so like, just bringing it into the light. A lot of times people just don't realize that we've been in the dark for so long in this area. And so I really want Joni to bring these topics and these conversations into the light. And through that, there's empowerment. Through that, there's conversation. Through that, we can build a community and we can change the systems that are in place now that are really holding people back.
0: Oh, I think you're going to be changing a lot of other women's inner voices around how they see themselves because at times the stigma, whether it's from a cultural or family or societal based on what that actually looks like, it it gives women an opportunity to have those conversations. So when you had this inception and decided, okay, I'm going to lean into this was your inner gremlin ever there being like, whoa, this is so outside of my comfort zone. Why, like, why am I doing this? Or how am I going to do this?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it continues to be. I mean, three years in, I'm like, some days I wake up and I'm like, why can't I just do something out? Like, why can't I just do something that's easier? Because this is sometimes so unbelievably hard in so many ways. But I have a co founder, Jay Ash. We work really well together because he really focuses on the R&D, our relationship with our suppliers, the materials that we're using. And while I'm focusing on like, what's the messaging, what's this brand representing? I think that that's really helped. He's a he's a male, but he's an immigrant male. And I think the dynamic is really interesting because I constantly think that I'm a bit more conservative. So when Jay Ash is pushes, like, let's do big things. And I think we work really well together, because we kind of meet in the middle. And so when you talk about voices, like, I had always thought that I would do something of my own in my career. But I never thought I was ready. Mm. And I collected certifications. I collected, you know, years of training. I always thought there was like the next thing that I had to get, and then I would feel ready. And the reality is that you will never be ready most of the time you will never be ready for that big thing you're trying to do. Starting a business, entrepreneurship really is all about figuring things out. I think figuring things out is such an undervalued skill set because you are walking into the unknown every single day. And so if you know that and you're, you're like, I'm just gonna be able to figure things out, I'm gonna lean on my experience and try to figure things out. And some days, many days, I can go from feeling like the biggest high in the morning because, you know, we close a big retailer and this is amazing to like the lowest low midday because we got some feedback or whatever, something happened. And then all of a sudden I'm on the high again at the end of the day, like it's a roller coaster ride. So taking a step back, I have to see it as what it is, right? It's this journey that I'm on. I am a human being. My worth is not tied to this. But I'm doing this every day because I deeply believe in our why and I deeply believe that we're building something that matters and that's making an impact on so many people. And for me, as a value set, that is the most important thing that I can align to every day. You
0: just wrap that self-love right in there right? Like (laughs) like talking about that self-worth and that because that's exactly what it is from an entrepreneurship or as a high achiever who wants to push the boundaries and have an impact. It is so easy to step into that roller coaster and ride it, but think that you're going to fall over the edge all the time, right? And so having that ability to take a step back, see it, and recognizing that you don't have to go it alone either. I think... At times, and I know for me within academia, that's where a lot of my individualism comes from is the fact that, okay, well, once you're doing a certain thing, you have to be the principal investigator, you have to be the primary clinician, or you have to be whatever that looks like. And so it can get very lonely. And it doesn't have to be because... When we bring each other up and we get to work together and support each other, then we can step out of our own comfort zone with the support, knowing that it is still possible. So I just read on one of your LinkedIn posts about the Dragon's Den audition. Was that stepping outside of your comfort zone?
1: Oh, it is the thing that I, I know would be bring such an opportunity for us. But at the same time is what I dread almost the most is it's just the vulnerability of putting yourself on this, you know national television show to be potentially ripped apart by these folks who I, you know, are experts in their field, and then that like hits all of the insecurity points, like, you know, your self-worth, you know, is what I'm doing of value. Essentially, like you're like a little kid again. Are they gonna laugh at me? like that <laughs> but then you think, okay, pause, this is big and scary. But again, do I believe in what I'm doing? Fundamentally, yes. Let's just jump into it. And I think the best part of that was that I didn't have very much time to prepare. And so I didn't have a lot of time to just like ruminate on the what's, what could go yeah. wrong. And I kept reminding myself, there are human beings on the other side of this phone call. And these human beings are have the same fears and the same like you know, dark night of the souls that I do. So like, they're real, okay? And so they're not like these magic unicorns that are going to like poke fun at you and then just like leaning into that and making a human connection, which has always like grounds me and helps me move forward. I just had this little visual of little Linda, just
0: like, <laughs> just right there. So I'm wondering, is it that is so fascinating and I don't think I've ever thought of it like this where it takes us back to that childhood moment of feeling insecure. And we were building our confidence and what that looks like. So that inner gremlin, I'm going to totally put you on the spot for this because the question just came to mind. So does the inner gremlin at times take you back to those scary moments as being a child?
1: Yeah, I don't think we can get away from that. Like, I think that, you know, Gabor Mate is an excellent resource. I really love his books on this. But I feel like we all grow up with big T, little T. Mm-hmm. You know, big trauma, little trauma. Yep. I think we're all carrying some form of that. Even if we come from like the perfect storybook childhood, there's always some element of that. And for me, my my mother was an immigrant, is an immigrant. My father was verbally abusive, and so I took the role of essentially, you know, the husband role. And not to get too deep into that, but I think. A lot of time, my strengths come from having to do that. But at the same time, a strength is also a weakness. And you have to recognize that. And so I think some of the weaknesses and some of that those voices come from that place, from that little Linda, who was managing big things as a little girl. But somehow, as a high achiever, as someone who really pushed herself, that way of being got me to where I wanted to be. So I don't want to harp on like what's happened. I think we all have these beautiful stories, but I think that we have to recognize that. Yeah, there's an influence for sure. As big Linda, there's an influence on, on that. And I think that until we can recognize that and accept it. And again, that's the grace and the self-love. That's where I think there's a lot of power in that when we move forward. And, you know, some people recognize that in their 30s some people don't get that at all some people get that in their 50s i don't think there's a perfect time for it but i think there's this this journey this constant journey that we at least for me that i feel like i'm constantly reflecting and then trying to piece the things together and then trying to use that as a foundation block to do bigger things mm-hmm. in the future when
0: that inner gremlin moment comes up because i definitely have it come up still even though i've done all the work i've written a book <laughs> yeah. on it like there's still <laughs> there are still moments in time that i have that inner gremlin moment come up but instead of what cuz what used to happen and i see this in so many people is they get angry at themselves at times cuz it's like i've done the work i should be able to see when it happens but sometimes it surprises us and when it comes up so when you hear that inner gremlin voice because I completely agree with you. I think it's always going to be there. It's just recognizing it for what it is and then starting to do that reframe. So when you see it come up and you slowly start to step into the reframe, how do you know you believe the reframe that you're giving yourself?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I've been reading a book on stoicism. And I just learned about it. I don't know where I've been living, like, under a rock currently. <laughs> like Listen, everyone gets, their, everyone gets there at different times, like you said. <laughs> I know. And I think that's been really helpful for me to give me, a t- like, almost like a framework and a tool set for doing that reflection, because it is so hard in the moment. And you mentioned anger, because I think anger is, like, so often people's first reaction to things that are triggering And it's so hard when you're in that zone to get yourself out of it. And as an example, so I I have two daughters and I think as a, being a parent has both been like this amazing learning journey for me to see other people get triggered and then helping them go through it. And then in, by doing that, I'm learning, oh, okay. That's how I can do it too. But also because I'm a parent, I'm also triggered by some of the things my kids are doing because of my own journey. And so sometimes like my daughters will do something that will really trigger me because of, you know, I guess my inner child. And what I have learned is like when I feel that anger inside me, when I just want to like, whether that's yell or, you know, however I want to react to pause like at that moment. And it's like the last thing I want to do, I want to be able to do what it is that I normally do, but it was that pausing and just taking a deep breath that then gave me like the half a minute or not, half a second, a second to just like trigger a different reaction, to trigger like this awareness and this like realization. And then from there, I could step into a different path. And I do not do it all. Like I'm learning. This is not something that I'm nailing every time. But I'm sharing this with my kids too, because sometimes when I do end up yelling, I'll go back and like, I was triggered and that was a mistake for me. And I'm sorry that this is like, and so they see that I'm human too, because as kids, you don't see your parents as human beings until you're probably older. And so like recognizing that we're human beings on our own journey as well and sharing that, that has been probably the best learning for me in that space.
0: It's hard. It, I was just going to say, it's hard. taking it's so whether hard. you're parenting or taking that time, right? Taking that hot second because I have definitely sent like even looking back at times when I write that email in like anger and you're just like, oh, geez. And then there have been times where I've regretted. There has even been moments in time and I can take myself back to. I actually shared this experience on another individual's podcast where in the heat of the moment, I felt like I was being... This was when I was at the hospital. I was being pulled in so many different directions. And then there was a tipping point for what a situation that transpired. I ended up yelling at a fellow PhD student. So someone who is exactly my age in front of someone else in an office space. And I remember having an out-of-body experience thinking who have I just become? This is not who I am like at all. So I I finished yelling, having this out-of-body experience. I walked away from it and I went home and was just like, never again. And it took me a couple of days because I had to, because I felt embarrassed and I partly felt ashamed because of what had transpired. And I had then pulled that person aside in front of the person that I yelled at as well, who was there as witness. And I said, that should have never happened. And if I had even taken that moment and walked out of clinic, instead of jumping into that action on how I had responded, we would have changed and reacted in a completely different way. And so it's hard. It's hard to be able. And something I want to stress is if you have those moments in time, don't get more angry at yourself. Right? For faulting yourself because of the situation, it's okay. What do you now want to do differently? That moment in time when you give yourself a break, and whether it's a half a second or even a night to go sleep on it, and then come back to that moment in time where you need to make that decision or react a certain way. What does that do for clarity purposes? when it gives you that moment whether it's changing your voice or reassessing whatever's transpired
1: there's this artist that i follow she's local and i just really love and admire a, her her life like the you know how she shows up in the world at her work and she really leans into this idea of like wear life like a lo- like loose clothing so like don't hang on to things so tightly and and like flow with it. It's very like stoic in a way as well. But I think that pause and that you know whether you sleep on it, what I tend to find is that you're not as connected to it. So you're not taking things as personally. You're giving people the benefit of the doubt. You're potentially you know if you've written an email, you read it again the next morning before you send it. You're like, okay, well you know this was obviously very like passive aggressive or this isn't going to end in a good way. And you're able to then take a step back. That's what I have found. And I absolutely, a strength of mine is not shying away from difficult conversations. Like I can have, it's been great with my client work, you know, when those things happen. But the weakness in that is that sometimes I don't take a minute to think about it. And I can be really strong and harsh with my words. Because for me, that's assertiveness. That's me standing in my truth. But the reality is that if I had taken a minute just to think about it a little bit more, given myself that pause, I could have taken a different approach that might have been better for that situation. I think what I'm trying to do now is that loose clothing analogy. And that is in everything. So a big trigger for me is TikTok. Like I have to be on so, like social media in general, but TikTok I, I mentioned because I'm not in that generation. And like I even have to get my kids to interpret some of like the TikTok language. And so oftentimes like I'll do this post on TikTok and then I, I have to ask my kids, I'm like, are they insulting? And I say me because the brand is like me and I take it so personally. I'm like, or is this, a compliment and they'll translate it for me but I have a visceral reaction my body will have like I will have this reaction to this idea that someone is you know that basically is making fun of me they're like all those childhood fears come up again but if I just take a minute and like the realization this is is, like a 12 year old in Britain who doesn't (laughs) know me personally who is literally right wrote like some you know emoji and like uh, Linda, like you're 43 <laughs> years old. Like, take a minute and you're going to be okay. But, like, that's just a perfect example of how, you know, your mind just starts going and takes you to this place that then doesn't allow you to make really good decisions. So, I still struggle with it. But I love what you said about you had this reaction at that moment and you had this out of body experience, and then realizing that that is not you. And like, that was something you don't want to do again. But then the power of going back and acknowledging that, like, I don't know, Brene Brown, I mean, she definitely probably has something about that. But I think that vulnerability and that there is so much power in that. And I think, well, yes, it's nice that we don't do it in the first place. We're human. And that's where the grace comes in. And then going back and being able to recognize, okay, that is not how I showed up. I didn't show up the way I wanted to show up. And I'm here to to like acknowledge that and like, let's move forward. That is so powerful. And some of the people that I admire the most, they're not perfect, but they're able to recognize that and they're able to bring people together despite of it. So good.
0: So good. And thank you for being vulnerable, especially when it comes to something that's new to whatever we're trying. And for you, that TikTok aspect of it, it is so hard to interpret what people are saying because there's no emotions, there's no body language, there's no tone of voice, there's no nothing, right? So then you have to be like, okay, well, what is actually (laughs) happening here? So kudos for not sitting and stewing because it would be just as easy to not bring in your kids and not bring in outside because then there's also like a little bit of embarrassment being like, oh, I'm putting myself out there and this is what people are interpreting it as or... Whatever. No, TikTok is a whole beast in and of itself.
1: Oh, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, nothing makes me want to go live in a cabin in the woods more than TikTok. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, that
0: is, oh, yeah. The, The social media world in general, it's just, yeah. What I want to ask you is is there anything coming down the pipeline that you would like to share with the listeners, whether it's yourself? Or what's coming with Joni that people can look out for?
1: Well, I recently was recognized as the top twenty-five women of influence in Canada, which was again going back to like that inner voice. And I was like, they made a mistake. No, <laughs> this is it. A- I was like, oh my god, I'm going to show up for this award, and they're going to be like, sorry, but we actually got the wrong person. <laughs> But yeah. that is coming up and I think I go to that place because it feels safer for me versus like stepping into like, yeah, Linda, you've done some things that have made an impact and like, let's celebrate this because it's vulnerable for me to do that and to lean into that. But that's coming up. But I think there'll be some like press around that um, nationally in Canada with some 25 other incredible women who are doing amazing things in this country and like various sectors, which is so inspiring. And then with Joni, so a big thing that we're pushing this year is our Joni dispensers. And I'm a big believer that five years from now, not having access to free period care, just like we do toilet paper, will will seem silly. We'll look back and be like, how could we have possibly you know, required people to put 25 or 50 cents into a dispenser that most of the time is broken or empty? And so we've, we're building a solution to be able to distribute sustainable period care for free and organizations will bring that in. So if people are interested in that, if that is something that they want to have a discussion around, I would love to continue that conversation because I think that it's a very grassroots initiative in Canada, and the people who believe that period care should be made accessible are the ones that are driving that forward, and I am always up for that kind of conversation.
0: Wonderful. Okay. So congrats. Yes, you are a woman of influence. Yes. I will drop all of Linda's information in the show notes. So if you would like to continue that conversation, please, please, please reach out. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing and being vulnerable because this is how we connect across the world so that people know that they're not alone. So thank
1: you so much again. Thank you. This was amazing. Thank you so much. The
0: power of the words you speak over yourself will influence your journey. I wanna tell you a little bit about a fun fact. I met Linda at a panel event where she was speaking and I introduced myself to invite her on to today's podcast. She goes, wait, wait, wait. I got your book as a gift at Christmas and it's signed too. I was blown away and had all the feels just like today's conversation gave me all the feels. Linda and I can speak just candidly about those failures that come up so then that way we can help others so we don't feel like we need to close the door and sit in our own failures. Key takeaways from today. Number one, get back up when you fail. Stepping out of your comfort zone into the unknown can be both exhilarating and absolutely freaking scary at the same time. But what happens when you don't give yourself permission to try? Is there regret? Is there constant wondering? Are there the notorious what ifs? Whether you choose to stay where you are or you choose something completely out of the box, there will always be the what ifs of the path you chose not to walk. So why not be proud of the path you did choose? Number two, give yourself grace to fail. Being a perfectionist is rather daunting. I know for me, being a perfectionist meant striving for perfection, always being perfect planning for the worst case scenario, going over all possible outcomes. But what scared me the most was not knowing the times I would fail and not being able to predict them and then thinking I'm an absolute failure. But what if we changed that narrative? What if you knew things weren't going to go as planned and so you gave yourself the grace to fail and then gave yourself the grace to recognize you can most definitely figure it out when and if it even happens. Failing isn't bad, regardless of what your culture, upbringing, society, or academia has told you. Sure, Scantrons and multiple-choice tests allow for easy grading. But you know what's not easy and can't be put on a multiple-choice test? Building businesses, creating visions, failing, and getting back up again. Every episode will have a reflection question, and this is yours for today. When you fail, not if, because we know it happens to all of us, when you fail... What does grace look like to you to give yourself permission to even treat yourself with that grace? Is it a hug? Is it tucking yourself in early to bed? Is it calling up a friend? Is it journaling? Is it going for a run? Or in my case, doing jujitsu and getting out my anger? What does grace look like to you? When you have found your answer, send me a DM on Instagram or an email to info at drjessicametcalf.com. That's info at drjessica.com dot com. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we are on a roll with season two. Remember, when you hear your inner gremlin, ask yourself, would I say this to a loved one? And if your answer is no, then it's time for a reframe. Speak kindly. You're listening.